Amen. Well, you know we're in a series right now, and um, that series is dealing with the porn crisis. Who was here last Wednesday? Anybody here last Wednesday? Okay, so we had two young men that shared from their hearts. One shared from the perspective of uh, statistics and data on what pornography does in people's lives. The other spoke on the spiritual aspect of it. And so tonight I'm going to take you to, at, to look at the big picture of what we're contending with uh, with this porn crisis. This is nothing new. Pornography is nothing new. We're just, we're just dealing with human sexuality. This isn't just for men. This is for men and women, and especially in this day and age, the ratio of women looking at pornography is increasing to equal men. And... Uh, so what I want you to understand, though, is the big picture. We need to contend with this because I'm believing that everybody here is male or female. Is that right? Okay, you're a human. Is everybody here human? That's the first question. Okay. So I want to take a look at the big picture. Some of you might say, oh, well, I really, it doesn't have anything to do with me and all that. It does have everything to do with you. It has everything to do with you because it has to do with your neighbor. It has to do with your family. It has to do with your nieces and nephews. It has to do with your uncles and aunts. It has to do with everybody you know in life is dealing with this issue. Nobody's talking, maybe, but we all have to contend with it. And so I want to take you to the big picture tonight. It's, it's, it's less of a, a teaching, uh, less preaching, more of a, a, a concept-oriented thing for us to look at. And then we'll have some question and answer. And then we're going to take some time to pray into this and uh, help us understand it uh, for the next three weeks. Amen? Amen? All right, so let's begin at the big picture and... Uh, understand what we're dealing with um, in the issue of porn and the issue of contending with it. First of all, I want you to understand the power of sexuality. The power of sexuality. Uh, Why is there power here? Because God spoke in Genesis 9 verse 7 to Adam and Eve and he said, you be fruitful and multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Now, being human beings, how do they do that? How do you increase and multiply? This is interactive work here. Make babies, babies. right. Have sex, right? So there's sexual attraction built into the framework of what is being human. And this set the pace and set the order. Consider this, that through sexual intercourse, through sexual activity, you can create a human being. That is profound. We're all like, yeah, it happens all the time. you got to back up here for a minute and consider this. This is the power of life. Literally, through sexual relations, you can create an eternal living soul that will never die, but will live eternally. Of course, the body will die. We saw that in the fall, and so death does come. But that soul lives on. So there is power in sex. Does that make sense to you? The power of life. If there's one thing that governed this planet, it's the power of life over it. When God created everything, he told it to multiply and take dominion. So in the aspect of sex and sexual relations is the power of life, creating 
souls and people, human beings. It is glorious, it is sacred, it is holy, and, and it is in the image of God. Only God can create life, but he gave us that power. And that's pretty tremendous, wouldn't you say? And so in sexuality is power. Is that you up there, Eli? Could you turn this down a little bit? Thank you. All right. Now, consider this. That through sex is the power of life, but because of the fall, it entered into what is now death. There is also the power of death. Because of the fall, there was introduced the curse of death. And so the enemy knows that if human beings create souls, as he brings, as death comes into the equation now, he wants to separate those souls from God so that they will die and be eternally separated from God. So if he can use the power of sex to create problems in the earth that will lead people away from God, it can bring the power of death because the wages of sin is death. So if the most important and most powerful thing on planet earth has to do with life or death, because death means eternal separation, then the most powerful thing on planet earth is sex. It's the most powerful force on earth. It can bring a soul alive. We were made to procreate. We were made to be sexually active so that in the grace of God we could bring life. But the enemy is using the most powerful aspect of nature against us. Therefore, sex becomes the most powerful force on the planet. Let me give you some proof to that. 10 to 30 million. Let me, let me show you this. Now, now, what the concept is, is this. He created them male and female and blessed them. So the design of God is that a man and a woman must come together sexually to produce a life. Okay? So the problem is, is that within that activity, if the devil can pervert it, he can create uh, sin to where it becomes a tool for death instead of life. And so if he can pervert sex, he can create a tool that's the most powerful force on the earth to lead men to death and eternal damnation. So sex being the most powerful thing. Let me prove it to you right now. Um, Right now, estimated number of slaves in the world today, the highest number of slavery on the planet ever in world history is today. 10 to 30 million people are slaves. They're bought and sold. 80% of that number are sex slaves. 80%. So slavery has shifted from being nationality to gender and sex slaves so 80 percent now let's take let's go to the middle if 10 to 30 million are slaves 80 percent of that is sex trafficking and sex slave 20 percent is labor slaves let's take 20 million 80 percent of 20 million is 
what? 16. Yeah. 16 million slaves, sex slaves. So the, the sex industry and the power of sex over this planet is enslaving people, and it is a very high-paying or lucrative business. Let me... Uh, point this out to you, that the porn industry is worth approximately $97 billion worldwide. If, if you can help me, for some reason this isn't working. $97 billion worldwide a year. That's how much money is going into this. Just in the United States, per year, it's 10 to $12 billion dollars. The porn industry makes more money than Major League Baseball, National Football League, and the National Basketball Association combined. This is the new entertainment. So that's what I mean by the fact that sex is the, is the strongest power on the planet. God created it powerfully to create life. The enemy uses its power to distort, create sin, which will bring death. What God made beautiful, the enemy distorts. He knows that this is within all of us, and it is a powerful force, so he uses it in our fallenness against us. Do you get this? That's the big picture. That's what's going on here. So it's not just for a few rare people who get into porn. It's all of us who deal with human sexuality. At one time or another, we're having to deal with the issue of our own sex, sexual identity and the power of sex in our body. All right? You with me? All right. I want you to understand how powerful this is. This is how powerful sexual enticement is. In Genesis chapter 6, you have the angels of God around the throne who are enticed by the daughters of Adam. Now, some people say Genesis 6 means that righteous men, sons of Seth, married and mingled with the daughters of the world, and it created something perverse, and it created the Nephilim and the giants, and it destroyed the planet. That's why God brought the flood. That doesn't make sense. The outcome of one human having procreation with another human doesn't make giants. It doesn't change the course of the human race. So many believe, and I've written down the scriptures here for you, that Genesis 6, verses 1 and 2, Jude 6 and 7, and 2 Peter 2, 4 and 5, talks about the same situation that in Genesis 6, the sons of God, only a, only a title for angels, and of course Adam, who is direct created from God, and of course us, because now by the Spirit we are directly created from God. But in the Old Testament, a son of God meant an angel. It says the sons of God cohabitated with the daughters of man. So what am I getting at? Angels, as Jude says, left their first estate, left their position in heaven to somehow, and I don't fully comprehend how, to come, how, come down and have sex with women. What's my point? 
The power of sex is so strong, it drove angels out of their presence from God. So if you're dealing with issues of sexuality and dealings with lust and cravings and pornography, it's because it's the most powerful force you will have to deal with. Are you getting this? It even drove angels from leaving their first estate or their nature in the spirit realm to somehow come in, and these seem to be a certain kind of angels that could morph into a physical body. Why do we know that? Peter says that those angels were locked up in the lower parts of hell, not to be released until the last days. So they were chained. So, so the rest of the angels are free to go, but these are somehow some kind of angels that did this. They're locked up. So what's my point? Sex is power. It's powerful. And since we are fallen, that power that was given to us and is in us is now warped, and that power works against us. Sex is still a beautiful and wonderful thing in God's plan and in God's purpose. But outside of that, it becomes destructive to you and I. Does, does anybody have to debate this issue if you would look at the world? Throughout world history, it's been the number one issue. And it's a power struggle. So all I wanted to share with you is to get the big picture and the big uh, understanding that sexuality is probably the most powerful thing on the planet. Even, here's the thing about the, the angels that fell and went after women. In Scripture, you'll find no female angels. There are no female angels in Scripture. They all seem to be male. All right, anytime they appear in Scripture, they're male. Now, I don't know if they have genitalia or not. I don't understand that. And I've never seen an angel naked, so I couldn't tell you. But you'll see no reference to female angels. And, of course, there are no such things as little baby angels, Okay. There's a little cherubim. Cherubim are mighty warring angels. Cherubim are massively powerful, covering the throne of God angels. They're not little baby angels with wings. That, there's no such thing. Isn't it interesting that all the depictions in all the Hallmark stores and every little store is either a little baby cherub or a pretty little lady uh, angel? And they don't exist. So you had these horny angels... Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, when God, what was the last thing God created in that grouping? You say, man, what was the last woman? Woman is the crowning pinnacle of God's expression of beauty. Men, if you don't get, I don't have to prove that. Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't get that, I don't have to prove that at all. Men will do stupid, crazy things. Angels will come down. I mean, they're glorious. They're beautiful. God made them that way. And that's what I'm saying. This You've got to understand what we're dealing with. We're not dealing with some slobbering guys that are just four of them in a corner. Going, it's everybody has to contend with the power of this thing. Are you with me? Please. So can we take off the bit like, oh, I don't have anything to do with that. Come on and deal with this thing, right? Don't we have to? Okay? All right. 
So all I'm trying to prove is that even angels left their habitation with God to pursue sex. It so corrupted the human race that God had to destroy the entire human race except for one family. And again, people traditionally say, oh, well, that's, that's because man became so sinful. What was the first thing that Noah did once he got through the flood? Got drunk, right? Sin perpetuated immediately after Noah landed. So why didn't God destroy one family over the sin in the one family? If sin was the issue that destroyed the entire human race, and sin perpetuated through Noah and his own children, Cain, uh, and all that, seeing his nakedness, all this, why didn't God destroy them? They deserved to die. It would have been real easy. You didn't need a flood for that. You'd just snuff them out. It doesn't make sense that the entire human race was destroyed because of sin. There's been sin from the beginning and sin from Noah till Jesus returns, right? We're all born in sin, so why not destroy the earth again? It was because of this union between the angelic realm and the human realm that changed the DNA of mankind, and it began to pervert all of mankind. So if mankind's perverted somehow, how could he send the Messiah to save mankind. He had to demolish it and keep that which was pure of the human race, Noah and his family, to, uh, because it says he was clean and found favor, to perpetuate the human race so God could save it from sin and destruction. Do you understand? Does that make sense? All right. So that's how powerful sex is. We see it's the largest industry worldwide. It makes slaves out of people. It makes more money than any other uh, work in the earth. It is powerful. So secondly, we understand the power of sex and uh, the power of that visual. Next is the drive. We were engineered for sexual activity. Didn't I start with this? Genesis 9-7. You must be fruitful and multiply, multiply, increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. So you and I were engineered to procreate. We were engineered to have sex, to enjoy sex. God didn't have to make sex in, uh, pleasurable for us, right? I mean, animals have certain seasons. They get in heat and this and that, and they do their thing, and, and that's it. It's, it's an instinct thing. But God gave pleasure to it. God gave a sex drive to us. So we were engineered to procreate life as God only can create life so that in the physical realm we would understand God and have that sense of, of understanding the power of life. But because of the fall, the power of death came in. And so we who are created as mechanisms to respond sexually to each other but you take that beautiful design and you corrupt it with sin, and now what does it become? A real problem for us. So that's what we're working with. That's what we're dealing with. The fact that we are programmed. Now, I put a little chart there for you. And on that chart... You'll see that in the engineering, we were given particular hormones, testosterone in males, estrogen in females. And what this does is it produces 
chemical reactions within us to respond to the opposite sex. Now, the drivers in men sexually are testosterone. The drivers of the hormones in women is estrogen. Why, how, what makes men work and function sexually by their drive in testosterone? Men are driven visually and physically. These are generalities, okay? I know that there's, it's not straight across the board, but these are generalities. So men are triggered and testosterone moves visually and physically. Does anybody recognize that? Uh, do any of you men realize that you are turned on visually? Yeah, can I use that term? Will you be honest, right? Okay, so your eyes directly. Now, here's the thing about men, and, and this is tough to deal with, but as soon as men begin puberty, you know, 12, 10, 11, 12 years old, um, testosterone washes over their brain. Uh, this, is, this is biologically true, so, okay, uh, Every half hour at least, there's a testosterone wash over the male brain, and whether he likes it or not, he's thinking sexual thoughts. And this gets young men, every young man in here knows exactly what I'm talking about, uh, because y you're not doing anything. You're in math class, and you're thinking, and, and all of a sudden, you're wondering what the teacher looks like naked. Am I right? And, when that ha and then you're hoping that she's not going to ask you to stand up and answer a question. See, you know what kills me? Is some of you are like, oh, oh. Yeah, you're going to go home and watch TV and see all this. And laugh at it. So if we can't get this, if we can't deal with this, I don't know what's going to happen to any of us. All right, this is a real deal. Half you are women, half you are men, Right? And this is what men contend with. So there's this testosterone wash, and sexual thoughts are regular. That's why, I, you know, I, I uh, heard Ben last week uh, talk about you'll be in the middle of worship. I, rem I remember experiencing this. You're in the middle of worship, and all of a sudden you have a sexual thought, and you're like, oh, God, I didn't mean it. <laughs> well, you know what? You can close your eyes, and that's a real good reason to close your eyes during worship. So you pay attention to Jesus. But your nose smells a little bit of perfume. And that perfume triggers the card catalog of pictures you have in your brain. You smell perfume, you think lady. When you think lady, all of a sudden images go boop, 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 boop in your head. And all of a sudden it's like, I didn't want to think about that. And you did. And then you think God hates you. Oh, I'm sorry, God. You're glorious and I'm thinking of a naked lady. Oh, God. Can I, is this true, man? Right? And so what we do, and the devil wants you to do, is chase that. He wants you to think that you're miserable, you're horrible, you're terrible. But what you have to do is understand the mechanism that's going on in your mind. It's going to kick up. Now, here's the thing. The less you feed that memory and card catalog with images, they will begin to fade. So you stay away from it. You're not going to, you smell perfume, then you're going to start thinking of other things like hummingbirds or flowers. I don't know. <laughs> that's better. But 
Uh, what the devil wants you to do is think of what a rotten person you are and wrestle with that. I, I remember this. I, I remember coming into a, a time of learning how to worship God in spirit and truth and be in that place of worship, and, and, and a thought like that would come over my mind, and I would feel horrible, and I would literally go to battle and fight over this warfare in my head of what a wretch I am, and God, how could you love me, and this and that, and worship would be over, and I'd be sweating, and I would feel like an idiot. While everybody else was like, hallelujah. It was a war for me. Till I realized, I ain't ch- I'm not going to chase that thought. That's a stray thought. It's a satellite just floating around in the universe of my mind. When a satellite comes in, just push it along. Don't chase it. And get back reoriented to the Lord. But there's a testosterone wash in men. So there is a sex drive that God designed and purposed in men. So men, we have to know and learn how to handle that, okay? Now, with women, there's estrogen. And what you'll find with women, again, generality, but there's, of course, women have a sex drive. Yes, of course, women enjoy that. But what drives a woman so much isn't a sex drive, but an intimacy drive. She desires closeness and intimacy. And if she wants closeness and intimacy from a man... She's got to consider sex. I uh, was asked, this sounds like a bad joke, but I was asked uh, by Lakeview High School to come share with the sex ed class there a couple years ago. So they invited me a pastor, they invited a Catholic priest, and they invited a Jewish rabbi. (laughs) Doesn't this sound like a joke? So there was this Jewish rabbi, a priest, and a pastor walking into a sex ed class. There were about 13 to 14 girls there, and it was straight talk. I mean, we were talking about sexuality, and and interestingly enough, the rabbi, the priest, and the pastor were all on the same page about human sexuality, that God ordained it for marriage, for covenant. It's beautiful, it's good, and that's what God created it for. But in the discussion, we asked, how many of those girls have slept with a guy? Every one of them in 10th grade, every one of them. And we asked, why? And they said, well, we didn't want to. But if you don't have a boyfriend, you're nothing. Well, why do you have to sleep with them to have a boyfriend? Because that's what they want. Okay? Do you understand why I'm starting with the big picture? The power of sex is over all of us. And there are drives in us. Girls who are looking for intimacy. They're looking for warmth. They're looking for love. Men are driven sexually. And so there's this, how is it going to happen? Well, in a godly understanding, sexual, physical, sexual love is great, but the man needs to meet the intimacy drive of the woman. And and so therefore the woman would then respond properly in the right way to a man. This is ordained of God. He made it and designed it this way. All right? Now, Uh, You may like this or you may not, but because of this dynamic of how we were wired, men are dominant and women are subversive. You may not like that, like I said, but let me read to you. Why are women subversive? Look at Genesis 3.16. When he spoke to Eve concerning the fall, he said, you will want to control your husband, but he will dominate you. Men are physical, so they operate in power. I know that, we, that uh, 
Men and women are equal in the kingdom of God. There's no male nor female right before God. We're equal in this and that. But let's face it, men are physical and men can physically dominate women. Right? Now, they can do it in an evil way and in a bad way and that's not good. How is it that women are subversive? Well, like the curse said, she's going to want to try to find a way to control the dominance of men. And so, how is that done? What would be the greatest power to use? Hmm. Sex. Yeah. So for all the machoism of men, most of them are chained and in bondage to what? Sex. And they cannot lead. And they, they, then they cannot move into the fullness of who they should become because they're driven as slaves. Now, what happens with women? You see it the sexualization of girls, right? I mean, come on. Girls, when girls discover the power of their sexuality, again, go to the local high school. Am I right? When a girl discovers that her body has power and influence over men. Not all women do this, but what happens? They begin to control men and men's authorities. So it all goes back to the sexuality aspect, right? Now, porn follows that. Porn follows the mechanism of how we're made. If, if you uh, see male pornography, not men doing pornography, I mean what men like in pornography, what men watch in pornography is extremely physical. It's basically acrobatics, and it's, it's crazy, right? And basically they have to drug up the women and abuse them in what men like is very physical pornography. It's very crazy. All right, so... But I remember listening to a radio show, I don't know, about 10 years ago. I think the guy's name was Mark Scott or something like that. And he had a lady on there that produced female pornography. It's like, female pornography? Yes, the, the pornography that ladies like to watch. Right? So he interviewed her and he said, well, what is, what is female pornography? And, and she says, well, it's not the physical sex that the women are attracted to. It's the intimate sex that the women find attractive. So, the, the male pornography is wah, 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 you know, it's got all this crazy music, and the girl comes to the door, and they go, woo-hoo, and it's uh, quite physical. The ladies' pornography, and I'm not telling any of you anything that you don't already know and have already seen. If you're born in America, okay, well, anywhere else in the world for that fact. Women's pornography is Candlelight, soft music, right? Romance, swept away, which leads to sex, but it's the story. Guys wouldn't stand for that. It's been two minutes. Uh, Come on. Fast forward. That's true. I'm a male. I know these things. Struggled with this for a greater part of my life. Right? Right? Who here, who here has, has uh, had to deal with pornography? I'll go first. Okay. So 
This is something we have to contend with. And it's not just pornography we're contending with. We have to contend with the sexuality in our marriage and in our relationships. Am I right? Okay. So what the porn industry has discovered is how women are wired and how men are wired. And they build the porn to it so that they can enslave each gender to it. So it has power because of our design, how God made us. So, this is, as a matter of fact, because we were wired with sex drives, um, sexual addictions are, in fact, um, non-substance addictions. So you don't need crack, you don't need heroin, you don't need alcohol. You just simply wire into what releases the endorphins in you. And the devil knows this. And the porn industry knows it. And so they make sure that they design the porn to the audience they want to captivate and so that it will release the endorphins that will addict you to the high that you get. The addiction for men comes visually. Okay? The addiction for the women comes through intimacy for what they're looking for in closeness. So, visual addiction or intimacy addiction, either one. It's a non-substance addiction and it produces pathways. Now, let me help you understand what the Bible says. That these addictions are wired into us because God created sex to produce a bond between you and your partner. A strong bond. A bond that should not be broken. And so God, in his beautiful design of bringing two people in covenant together, the way you make covenant is you speak your vows of covenant, you give each other a symbol of that covenant, and then you seal the covenant by cutting covenant, which is sexual intercourse. And so you cut covenant, and you become one, right? They shall become one flesh. You become one flesh. So that level of intimacy and bonding that happens through making love and orgasm creates a bonding that is so powerful, it releases these endorphins and and the experience so powerful that you experience something so glorious that for the two of you, it is the power to hold you together. But in our fallenness, the enemy has taken that and used those drives to create mayhem between us. And so he knows the power of those drives and he utilizes them to chain us up to this issue of sexual addiction. Does that make sense to you? All right, let me just share a few statistics real quickly. Um, In fact, uh, I need to move ahead to a couple slides I have in the wrong order. Go to that one. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says this, Flee from sexual immorality. Every other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. 
consider that. Let's take a minute to figure that out. First of all, it's interesting that concerning sexual immorality or sexual sin, Paul's recommendation is this. Run! Get out of there! Break the pattern! Get away! You know why? You can't handle it! Now, isn't it interesting that in every aspect of us fighting the devil, Paul says what? Stand! Don't back down. Don't lose ground. Thousand demons, legion comes, you rebuke him, cast him out. Devil comes against you, the Lord will set up a standard. You stand, and having done all, you stay standing. So when it comes to fighting demons and the devil, you stand. When it comes to sexual immorality, run! Get away! Why? Because of what he goes on to say. He says this, Every other sin a person commits is outside the body. It has to deal with who you've impacted, who you've affected. But this sin, the sexually immoral person, the one who repeatedly moves into a sexual immoral sin, sins against his own body. Why? Glad you asked that. Because through orgasm, through a sexual experience, whether you're by yourself or with someone, You get what I'm saying? All right? Whether you're by yourself or you're with someone, an orgasm releases endorphin and encophelion. Those are opioids made within your brain. They are four times stronger than morphine. So the power of these opioids that your brain produces through sexual stimulation and climax creates such a powerful rush, it creates an experience in you that literally begins to light up these pathways in your mind and in your uh, your heart. It is the highest form of pleasure that you can experience in your own body, and it becomes an automatic sequence. Synapse grows in your mind in response to the high or to the experience. So if you repeatedly do it, the level of bonding gets stronger and stronger. And again, in God's design for a marriage, that's what you want. So that you keep coming back to each other, you celebrate your covenant, and you build your bond, and your brain knows that my pleasure is in my wife, or my pleasure is in my husband, and we are one, and we become one, and we celebrate that unity, and it's how we live and move and breathe. We're one. And it builds a bond so powerfully that it should not be broken. What God puts together, don't let any man break. But sexual immorality or the continuance of watching pornography or or, uh, magazines or whatever or being involved in sexual sin does the same thing. But if it's in an immoral way, what's it going to produce? An immoral bond to that issue. That's why he says flee, because it creates a sin pattern in you. You're sinning against you. You're creating a mechanism in your mind that is going to create patterns that are going to become automatic. Okay? So when would be, if you're the enemy of a human soul, when do you want to make sure you begin to develop immoral patterns in people? 
early on, when they're young. So, molestations, abuse, assaults, pornography, target children. Okay? Now, those of you that have children, if you happen to think, not my child, they don't watch pornography. They will see pornography. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. If they have a cell phone, they'll see pornography. If you have a computer, they'll say, no, 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 we have net nanny. That's what I had, net nanny. I had lockdowns on computers. I had all sorts of things. And you heard my son's testimony. He found pornography. So I worked with him. Do you know why? I found pornography in my brother's bottom drawer. See, back in my day, it wasn't as available as it is today with kids. You had to go somewhere and get a magazine. I, you're underage, you can't get one, but if your brother has one, <gasps> what is this? Hooked so early. Oh, you're such a lousy human being. No, I'm a normal human being that got exposed to things I shouldn't have and began to develop bonds to them. Do you see what, I'm, what we're working with here, folks? Every one of us. So let me take another uh, survey, if you will, if you'll be honest with us. I hope I'm, I'm as transparent as I can be with you. And so I've struggled with this all my life, okay? Because again, as a young man, I got addicted to it because my brother had it and I had to find it. The addiction became the hunt. Where can I find it? Where can I find it? Oh my gosh, no one's home. I got to go look for it. And it, it was an addiction. Then when the internet came, forget about it. I don't want to look at that. I don't want to look at that. Oh my gosh, what was that? It's, it's, and what it's doing is triggering what's in you. Do you understand? So the more you understand the mechanism and how you're made, I've, I've helped a number of women addicted to pornography. Women addicted? Yeah. It's just, it depends on where their woundedness is and what they're looking for to heal that intimacy wound. Okay? So I'm trying to give you the big picture so we all deal with this. And again, imagine the release of that level of opioids in your own brain and like any other addict, if it was a cocaine, if it was a drug, if it was alcohol, you become addicted to what your brain is releasing as far as the endorphins and opioids in your brain. It's the mechanism we were made and designed to have, but it went astray with sin. So that's what we're contending with. So let's work with it one with another and help each other out of it. Men to men and women to women. Right? Yeah, I don't need any men here to say, I'm going to go help the women with this issue. So what happens is the brain actually molds itself into patterns. Now here's the good news. It can be remolded. Romans 12, verse 2, what does that say? Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. You literally can renew your mind and the patterns that so easily beset you, those patterns of sin that developed through years or months or weeks of getting into the pornography and the sexual addictions, can be altered by the Word of God. 
I testify to that. And so you can be healed. Now look at uh, you've got to understand something, okay? I'm still, I and you are still wired male and female. You can overcome addiction to sex, addiction to pornography. Yes, you can overcome it. But don't think you can overcome it so that, well, it doesn't bother me anymore. I can watch it and not be bothered. No, you can't. Because it'll start triggering all that's in you. All right? So you know to flee it sooner and quicker than ever before. That's the healing, and that's a renewed mind. I don't watch it and say, yeah, I don't watch an R-rated movie. I'm not going to watch anything like that because I don't need to go there. Well, it's just part of the story and part of the movie. Yeah, flee. You have a renewed mind. Don't put it back in the old path. And I want to tell you, that old path will come back pretty quick. Okay? So we need to move on. Now, the third aspect of this, the first one is the power of sexuality. Second is the drive within us. And the third, oh, back it up for me. Am I doing it now? Yeah, back it up to number three, bondage. Is the bondage it will produce. All right? The spiritual bondage. We need to understand who is behind all of this. The devil is using this to entrap us and enslave us because we are physically made to respond to it. Okay? And that, there's nothing wrong with that part of it. So we don't want to be caught into the bondage of the enemy because of our drive. Our drive under God's order is a beautiful and glorious thing. It's what keeps your marriage together and glorious. But that drive outside of God's design will put you in what? Bondage. So I want to make sure you're out of it. Now, what's really interesting is there's a spiritual aspect to it. From Genesis to Revelation, in the spirit realm, God is always talking about sexuality. What was the first thing that Adam and Eve experienced when they sinned? And they hid. Why did they hide? They were naked and what? Ashamed. You might be watching Naked and Afraid. They were naked and ashamed. Why were they ashamed? What happened? Something happened in the power of their sexuality. God made sex. Sex was good. He told them to procreate. He didn't change sex. He didn't change his view of sex. Theirs did. Theirs did. Now, from there, you have in Genesis, the naked and ashamed. In Leviticus 18, Moses writes the law, and he begins to explain who you should have sex with, and who you shouldn't have sex with. Right? You ever see that list? Don't have sex with your mother. Don't have sex with your father. Don't have sex with your aunt, with, uh, with your uncle. Don't have sex with your uh, stepmother. Don't have sex with your cousin, Eloise. Don't have sex with this person. I mean, he's got to put the whole list. Do you know why he made that whole list? Because they were having sex with their mother. They were having sex with their father. They were having sex with their cousin. They were having sex with their uncle. He had to tell them not to because human depravity... Caused them to. Led them to do that because the enemy worked overtime on the drives that were in them. Okay? And so he had to stipulate, don't have sex with animals. Do you know why? Guys, we're having sex with animals. Don't have sex one man to another man as a man lies with a woman. Do you know why? Because they were having sex with the same sex. 
This really isn't that hard to figure out. And so sex outside of the bounds of God will go and try to produce a greater high. Because what happens when you receive a high from the release of that opioid and those uh, uh, washes within your body, any addiction needs greater stimuli. Right? Guys, like when you started with Playboy, and that was like, then you moved to Penthouse, then you moved to Hustler. Isn't it interesting? All those magazines are gone. Why did all those magazines go? Internet porn. Which now is like crazy. It makes Playboy look like preschool. It's weird. But that's where it goes. It will go there. Some of you have been in the depth and the despair of depression. We're going to talk about how to get out of it next week. But I'm just giving you the big picture. Some of you have been. I've been there. I've been in such a place of of feeling so wretched before God, trying to break this addiction, and it's so powerful. But through the renewal of your mind and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, you can break out of this bondage. But as you continue to look throughout history, it started after the garden, and it started throughout Leviticus, the the Old Testament. Now, consider that what God said to Israel, be careful not to make a treaty with those who live in the land, that's in Canaan, for when they prostitute themselves to their gods and sacrifice to them, they will invite you and you will eat their sacrifices, and when you choose some of their daughters as wives and your sons, and those daughters prostitute themselves to their gods, they'll lead your sons to do the same thing. Every religion in the world had temple prostitutes. All the high places that you see with Israel, that when they went to the high places to sacrifice to Ashtaroth or to Molech or to any other gods, it involved sexual prostitution and sexual activity. Do you know that when Moses was on the mount receiving the Ten Commandments and he came down and they had made the golden calf, it's said that they were rowdy and singing and they were naked. They were repeating what they learned in Egypt. When you worship God, you worship with sex. Why would the devil do that? To distort the most beautiful and most powerful thing God gave the human race. To distort it, to cause them, because he knows there's a built-in addiction with all of us, that we will become addicted and we won't be able to break it and we'll go to hell because of it. Unless we stay faithful to God and have a spirit of God create a new identity in us. When God comes in us, now we have power to break this. All right, so if you'll read the Old Testament and realize God continually talks to them about their adultery and fornication with other gods. Why? Because spiritually it was, but also most of the time physically it literally was. And they became addicted was the number one problem for Israel. The number one problem for Israel was how sex related to leaving God spiritually. Of course, they were spiritually dead, right? They didn't have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. So they had to contend with their best effort to stay faithful to God. But most of the time, guess what won over? The way they were physically made. Okay? Now... Look at the writings, look at what Jesus said, look at what Paul said, 
Look at even at the end of time, what is the, the whore of Babylon is described as a prostitute that prostitutes the whole world. Again, sexual language and sexual talk. So what we're dealing with, brothers and sisters, is spiritual warfare and human drives. So when you're getting caught and ensnared in pornography, even sexual thoughts, even you may not look at images, you may read, right? Number one bestseller a couple years ago, Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Do you know that was female pornography? Do you know that that's, that's why that became a number one bestseller? Men don't read, they look at pictures. All right, this is, I'm just kidding. Some men do read. <laughs> why was Fifty Shades of Grey such a runaway bestseller? Romance and intimacy with a little bit of bondage. Pornography. Straight up porn. But now porn can make the New York Times bestseller list. Now it's our entertainment for men and women. So this is not about men. This is about humans. So again, whether you're watching a computer uh, some of you have to work with computers. I work with computers all the time. So I have to be careful and, and watch what I'm seeing and stay away from the second look and so forth. Some of you, what you're reading, right? Some of you, what you're looking at in your neighbor's yard. That's what God, David. Again, these are all the issues. So what am I talking about? When we're dealing with this crisis, it's a sexuality crisis that you know that we're in the middle of in these days, and it's just going to get worse. So if we don't get a handle on this and recognize what we're working with, we're not, not going to get victory to this bondage. So everyone in this place recognize that there's some level of sexual bondage that you've got to break off of you and get free from. Maybe some of you have never had to deal with that. That's hard to believe. But anyways, let's work with it. And I'm not, that's not a put-down, folks. That's called being human. This is what we are. Okay? So, how do we break it? And I conclude with this, and we're going to get into some uh, discussion. We have to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. There's three things. I shared it on Sunday from the verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5. It comes through the Word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit, but it has to have the third component that I've been teaching you over and over. Full conviction. Full conviction. Because it's your finger that is running that mouse or buying the book or going to see what you need to see. So the Holy Spirit can work on you and say, no, no, don't. And He can pour out on you tonight. You're going to have this great, awesome experience in Jesus and go home alone and get lonely and feel sad and find some kind of relief and take your little finger to take you where you need to go. You've got to have full conviction. Does this make sense to you? This is what will happen. The young men last week shared with you their own experiences and, and what pornography does. Tonight I shared with you the how we're made and what force is behind that powerful force in us to get us into bondage. But there's a greater force that wants to set you free. God, God Jesus, and the Holy Spirit don't go, ew, ha, hoo. He deals right in the midst of where we are. If you're in the middle of something in that situation, cry out to Jesus. 
and let him speak to your heart. Let him rescue you. Okay? So let's all work on being transformed in a world of images and a perverse world that we're in. If we want God to move like we want God to move, He'll pour out His Spirit. You know the number one thing that shuts down revival? Have you, have you noticed the, the, a number of the last big revivals we've had in the United States? Uh, usually, what usually happens? The leader falls in some kind of sin. Some affair, something, he got caught sexually. All right, because the drive is so strong. Spirituality and sexuality are so close. So let's pray that we would walk in God's design for our sexuality and break off the bondages. Are you with me? Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God.